This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Monday, the 12th of September. Justin, we know that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II sadly passed away Mm -hmm. last week, but this could have a heap of flow-on effects. Mm -hmm. Think new public holidays, parliament staff put on leave, and even a new face on Australian coins by 2023. That is huge. B-Man, NAB is offering its staff an extra week of annual leave and pay rises of up to 5%. Wow. But the Financial Services Union, they ain't happy. So when you think about it, a 5% bump is actually less than inflation. Mm, interesting. Well, three generous stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Metcash, the distributor for IGA supermarkets, has seen its sales jump nearly 9% over the last few months as Aussies are still shopping local post-lockdown. I guess all those IGA runs for bread and milk really do add up, Brett. So what is the story? Well, you might not have heard of Metcash, mm-hmm. Jazzy Boy, but if you've ever shopped in an IGA, you've benefited from their wholesale distribution business. And it helps retailers across food. Like, uh, that's IGA. Across liquor. Like Thirsty Camel. And across hardware stores. That would be Mitre 10, Home Timber and Hardware. But Brett, it doesn't quite own these stores. They just help independent retailers source and purchase products. And Justin, with lockdowns over the last couple of years leading to people shopping more locally, Metcash saw a huge bump. Seems to have persisted post-COVID restrictions too. You see, sales are up 8.9% across the Metcash group. That's compared to the same time last year. But the question on everyone's lips is, is, how does Metcash's relationship with IGA actually work. Fascinating, Justin. I'm asking here, what is the key learning? Although people speak about Woolies, Coles and IGA in the same breath, they actually operate under a very different model. Let's break it down. IGA stores are actually independent supermarkets, Mm -hmm. which means they're usually small businesses owned by locals. Unlike Coles and Woolies, which are owned by massive conglomerates. Now, Justin, it would be pretty hard for an everyday supermarket in, say, regional Queensland to run as efficiently as a Coles. Because you need to build relationships with thousands of suppliers, arrange transport of all the goods from different manufacturers. And you've also got to run these marketing campaigns. So Metcash works as the middle person that helps supply a lot of these independent stores with the know-how. We're talking more than 1,600 independent food stores. More than 1,500 hardware stores. And lots of these stores are in regional and remote areas. And when these stores do well, Brett, Metcash is also a winner. For our second story, Kellogg's, the cereal lords, (laughs) are looking to spread their wings into a new cereal category and it's named Just Add Water. I must say, this sounds like a bit of a prank but it's apparently serious. So fill me in what is happening. Alright, picture this. You've rushed out the door to work after throwing a to-go cereal pack in your bag. You're starving for breakfast but hold up. (laughs) The office fridge has run out of milk. That is pure devastation. (laughs) It would be, Brett. But now, Kellogg's has launched their new Insta Bowls to solve this very niche problem. Niche? Yes. And also pretty useful, Justin. The bowls contain cereal and milk powder and it really is and just add water situation. Kind of feels like sea monkeys back in the day. Except that uh, you don't eat sea monkeys as far as really? I know, except <laughs> spirulina kind of looks like sea monkeys. So what's the key learning here? The ready-to-eat cereals market is growing and Kellogg's wants its share of the market too. Before the pandemic, cereal sales were slowing alongside other, let's say, old-fashioned foods. But then lockdown saw an uptick in demand for Kellogg's. And amazingly, Justin, although many of us are, you know, obviously heading back outside these days yep. post-pandemic, the cereal market is still growing. And the secret to its success, Brett, ready-to-eat options that you can grab and go. How about this stat? The global cereal market is expected to grow to $180 billion wow. by 2030. That's a 7.1% growth each year from now till then. And the ready-to-eat cereals continue to dominate the market. So it seems like everyone wants convenience at the moment, Brett, and Kellogg's is trying to tap into that sweet vitamin-fortified cash. <laughs> 
For our third and final story, EY, the professional services firm, will have its partners vote on whether to split the global company in two, and this could have big ramifications for the entire industry. Very, very juicy for this normally conservative industry. (laughs) So tell me more. Okay, EY is one of the four large professional services firms around the world. They do all things from audit, consulting, risk management, accounting. And they like to use as many buzzwords (laughs) as they can fit into a sentence. And Brett, last week, EY's global leadership asked its partners to do a deep dive and vote on whether to split the firm. That'd be one part auditing business and the other would be the consulting business. Okay, and once they circle back with the result, what happens to the EY brand in the breakup? It would be kept by the auditing side. Interesting. And Brett, EY reckons the split would really move the needle on both sides of the business. But the juiciest part, the new consulting company would be floated on the share market. That is juicy. So what's the key learning here? EY could be the first domino to fall in a potential major industry shakeup. In other words, an EY breakup would be the largest shakeup in the accounting profession in more than two decades. In fact, Brett, EY's leadership group reckons the big four consulting rivals, that'd be Deloitte, KPMG and PwC, will over time also be obliged to follow suit. And that means splitting their operations. Why are they even interested in looking at this split? Well, they reckon the separated firms would each have more growth opportunities than they would under the existing single structure. EY auditors would be able to try and win work from clients they currently provide consulting services to. And at the same time, EY consultants would be able to avoid some regulatory concerns. Flux family, if you are enjoying this very pod on this lovely, lovely Monday, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and also while you're there, a review of the pod. Scroll up, hit that button and you'll have some good luck come your way today. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.